The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Delicious local cucumbers from Seeds Farm, tomatoes, Harmony Valley greens, Featherstone kale, fresh herbs, and plenty more fresh vegetables are arriving at Lakewinds co-ops each day. Try brushing radicchio, kale, or romaine heads and cut lemons with olive oil and laying them on the grill for a light char. Then squeeze that grilled lemon on the lettuce and sprinkle with Parmesan cheese shreds for a fresh take on summer salads. Melons, stone fruits, and all the berries are arriving at Lake Winds for all the tarts, shortcakes, buckles, crisp galettes, and pies that make summer in Minnesota. Make sure to use the best organic grass-fed butter and cream from our local dairies when making homemade ice cream or whipped cream toppings. And the best part of all this is you can get it delivered from Instacart. Order online and get same-day or next-day delivery. There's no membership required to shop at Lake Winds, and you can support your local farmers by shopping at your neighborhood co-ops wherever they are. If you can't make it to Lakewinds, visit any of your neighborhood food co-ops, but you can find Lakewinds in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. Find more at lakewinds.com. Stephanie Hansen, welcome to the Weekly Dish. Hi, how are Hi, you today? I'm great. I'm Stephanie Marsh. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we'll just call it the uh, COVID summer. Sure. Uh, lots of summery summer happening. Well, though. it's August first, people. Let's be clear. We are two thirds through. Happy birthday, Beth! If you're listening, that's my sister. It's her oh. birthday today, Yay, and my Beth. daughter's birthday is in a couple of days. My microphone is wonky, so I know, I'm sorry. and it's we're like look, having to look through weird. Here is, um, I'm sure I'm not alone in that I'm a little getting advanced in age, <laughs> and there's certain medical procedures that you're supposed to like do on your annual basis, and because we're of not going to talk about gross things, are we? No, no, no. Because I'm not up for that right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, and now I want to change topics just yeah, to do it to I know bug you. you. Do. Um, no, just how like, okay, I should have got my eyes checked. I need to get the dentist, like all the things. Yeah. I have been looking around a giant black hole for months now that I pretty sure is cataracts. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of is genetic. It runs in our family and it's getting to the point where I can't like get around it fast enough sometimes to see properly. Like, yeah, I probably should get that checked. But have you tried to like make appointments it's a cluster. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a problem. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, yeah, Jake had to make a like an orthodontist appointment and a dentist appointment. And it's like one is happening very fast and the other one is like, oh, we can look at you maybe in October. Yes. And you're like, oh, OK. Great. Sounds good. I also want to just officially say, and mm-hmm. this is not happening for me, but doesn't it feel like everybody's on the summer slide? What does that mean? Like nobody's working. Oh, like I, nope, because my week was really busy. <laughs> okay, but you're so that, like, always an outlier, so and frustrated. I'm, I'm kind of an outlier too because yeah. I work, but I work every day, and I'm working at all these different places. So I think I look like I'm perpetually on vacation. Yeah, and I'm not working forty hours. Like, let's just be clear. But no, I am just like I'll be working in the van, and so 
I just feel like though that everybody that I'm trying to like reach out to or talk to is just like, oh really? Oh yeah. Can you get back to me like at the end of September? And oh wow. Yeah, people are I think on summer slide. Okay. There's a lot more lake traffic than normal this time of year too. Oh, I just, it's just, Lake Minnetonka is packed all the time. It doesn't matter. Oh, like, this lake. is just, it is what it is. Like, I just feel like every time I drive over the bridge by Lord Fletcher's, it's like, yep. And, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, and plus, I think getting out on the lake is nice because it's distant from people. Like, you can have your pod, you know, and you're, like, away from other people. Yeah, I was at um, Theater Worth Park. And, first of all, I knew that park was there, but I don't really live over there. So, it's kind of like I drive by on the way to something else. Mm-hmm. That is really a phenomenal park oh, with a, phenomenal assets. Like they have a golf course and swimming system. and yeah, it's unbelievable. Right, um, right in the city. Yeah. Let, no, go ahead. Do I, I, I feel like I feel sad for the state fair people because they are great people. They are trying to put together. Let's just great, talk about what is now known as the food parade debacle because <sighs> Let's frame this up because what happened was obviously the Minnesota State Fair Food Parade, which was, you know, this idea of like everybody drive, get in your cars and we'll drive through and we'll pick up food and then you have to buy these tickets and it's, you know, only X amount of cars are allowed per day or whatever. And which is smart because if you think about it, I was trying to explain this to somebody else. Like there's got to be some math involved with how many cars you schedule per oh, yeah. every 15 minutes, how many vendors there are, how long of a distance in between, how long it takes. Like there's math involved. Yes. So you'd think that it's not like they didn't think that through. The problem was, I think, is that they didn't maybe, you know, they, they did know that it was going to sell out. They did. They knew that. I think I'll tell you what I think the problem is. Oh, okay. But let's just, so framing it up, what happened was obviously tickets went on sale yesterday morning at 10 a.m. And of course the site crashed. I mean, I can't tell you how many people text me like, are you still trying? I'm like, well, I'm not trying at all. <laughs> Cause I, I knew that this was going to be something close to a cluster. And I was like, eh, that's okay. You know? And actually I had, I had asked them to see if they had any media tickets. I know I, I tried to cheat you guys. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your full yeah, disclosure. I have full disclosure. I did say, you know, and they were like, no, we can't do it. And I was like, that's cool. I just you wanted did to say I'm, I am Stephanie March. No, I, I said, I will pay, I want to pay for it. I just don't want to have to get caught up in the, you know, stuff if it's possible. And they were like, yeah, this is kind of no, which is great. So, um, yeah, so it crashed. So it crashed a lot, and people were very frustrated. The Twitters were alight with people who were angry about it. And then the Facebook comments were really sort of rough. And I thought that it was unfair. Yeah, come on, Facebookers. Come on, Twitterers. Like, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They're not, like, prepared. And so I think it's the ticket broker site. It is. It's Etix is sort of a... They sort of suck. They kind of do. They have always sucked. In fact, I tried to get tickets last year for, uh, for um, what's his name? Weird Al. And, and it like. It <laughs> okay, bumped. let's just stop there for one well, second. For Jake. It was for Jake. I tried to get tickets for Weird, Weird Al. Al. For Jake. For his birthday. And when he, they were at the grandstand. And it was like, it was have, it like kicked me out three times. And it was finally, I was it's like. It's not it. known as being the most robust, able to handle traffic responsive site right and i know a handful of people that use that as their ticketing site and 
you try to find other alternatives and you keep coming back because it's pretty inexpensive and you're yeah. just trying to ticket your people. So as soon as I started reading like an e-ticket, I was like, oh, 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 yeah. this, is a, this is a disaster. Well, and to be fair, I someone else put a thing out that I thought was pretty, pretty probably right on was that, you know, there have not been a lot of events. In fact, no events for ticket buying. So I'm sure e-tickets scale back their their sure. programming as well. I'm sure that they didn't They have. may have furloughed a bunch of people. Yeah. And there's one guy sitting there just like, oh, oh my creeps, word, look at happening? this. What's going on? I just thought that there was uh, an amount. And I know it. And we've said this every week. People have short fuses. Oh, and I, I get that. And I'm trying to be cognizant and not jump on people with a short fuse of my own or or indulge in their short fuse as if it's their definition. I get it. It's situational. We're in a weird, tough spot. But at the same time, let's remember when people are trying things new and for the first time, and it's something that isn't a life-saving thing, this is like a bonus part of your life, just give some space, man. Give some leeway. I know. People like, are out of their they minds. They were like, I've been on the... I've been on the phone for an hour on online for an hour. Like it's ten fifteen, and it opened at ten. So <laughs> I know you feel like it's an hour, but it hasn't been. I don't know. I thought my friend and I were texting back and forth because she was on and she's like, "Should I give up?" I'm like, "I don't know. Give up if you want. Give up, you know, or stay in." And I think she finally got him. So and for all of you that did, it's going to be a great opportunity. For it those could be of you fun. that didn't, it could be weird. It's twenty bucks and like you know a car yeah. ride and some food. This is not curing cancer or COVID or anything. So, yeah. And plus, there's a plenty of other things that are happening around town that are going to be state fair themed. I know this is on the fairgrounds. And so that's a big piece of this. But it will feel weird because you're on the fairgrounds. But I think there's plenty of other restaurant groups and organizations that are trying to organize something that feels state fair like. Yeah. Potluck, I know, is doing a food fair where all the vendors will have like food fair foods. Yeah. And I think other people are going to be doing I, that too. I've heard I'm of sure so Shimpy many people. will be doing something over at uh, Blue Plates Group. Who? Oh, Shim- yeah. Yeah, because they have the truck and they'll do a blue barn. Yep. They'll do something. And, and so I feel like, you, you know, people will be able to get their piece of the fair however they need it. And then, and then you know, and then hold on till next year. And think how grateful oh. and full of gratitude we will be when we enter those grounds, those hallowed grounds. Those hallowed grounds. Next year. Hopefully I'll have a microphone in my hand and we'll be doing it for the podcast because that would be a really fun welcome back yeah, experience. It would be great. I, I think so too. And I hope that, you know, and I, and again, I, someone was ripping on the state fair, like not a word from the state fair about all the, I'm like, really? Cause I've seen six. Yeah. Tweets from I thought them they were pretty responsive. I all things too. considered. And so shouting out to all of those, you know, because it is a bunch of actual Minnesotans and people who are <laughs> doing people. the best they can to it's try to continue this experience in some way. And we'll never, we've never had this before. And, God willing, we'll never have it again. Right. So people are doing their best. Yeah. So let's let's start the day with, hey, just do your best. And hey, if you got those state fair tickets, make sure you post the crap out of it on Instagram so the rest of us can see what it's like. Right. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break, but we have a great show planned for today. Lots of fun things happening. Speaking of best of, we're going to talk to the folks at City Pages. They did their food and uh, entertainment picks for the best of the Twin Cities. So we're going to cover that. And we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish.
Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I just want to tell you how glad I am that we have a resource for farmers and food and agriculture in Minnesota. We are so lucky. It's one of the biggest things that our state is known for. And sometimes I feel like we don't get a chance to actually talk to farmers and find out what they're doing. And Common Ground, Minnesota is a, is, is a place on Facebook where you can ask questions about how your food is grown right here from local farmers. These are women who are volunteering their time to answer your questions and to engage in conversation. Plus, they'll show you cute farm pictures of their dog. I mean, what's better than that? And they post recipes. What could be better than that? Common Ground Minnesota is a resource for you guys, and it's all volunteer-led. And I just encourage everybody, if you're curious about your food and where it comes from and the farming that is going on in Minnesota, you want to get to Common Ground Minnesota on Facebook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this August 1st. This is the first Saturday of August, which is just kind of daunting to me. I don't know. It went by fast, right, so far? Uh, no? Yeah, I think the whole summer is going by fast and at the same time painfully slow. Like, it re- it just depends on what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Um, like, sometimes my force is low, too. I got to admit, my friend, we had like a little sometimes your what skirmish, is low? my force. And she was like, um, I was kind of sensing that your life, like your force. Oh, I like don't know what you're talking about, you. like the force. She was like, I was like kind of sensing that your Jedi your... powers or yeah. what? She was like, I was kind of sensing that your force is a little like low. So I'm just giving you some space. Okay. I've had a few forces low incidences. Okay. Where you're just like, you don't really know, like nothing's wrong. Right. But you don't really feel like yourself. You can't really like get it together. You just feel kind of like, wah, wah. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I mean, I think we're in this weird normal, you know, that is, I'm not even going to call it a new normal. It's just a weird normal because it keeps shifting. Um, And in fact, that's, we're talking about kind of what went on with restaurants this week. Um, And of course, what on, before we get to that about, you know, everybody who is a breeder who has kids in school, they're. (laughs) Is that what we call parents? Yes. Breeders. breeders. Yep. The breeders. The breeders had a big week. (laughs) They really did. Like I was looking at a bunch of my single, my friends who are married without kids and they were like. Yeah, everyone's real upset, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they don't know. Well, I think people felt like the can got kicked down the road. And, I, you know, I'm no expert, but I actually thought that was kind of maybe a thoughtful response. Yeah, I I guess I wasn't, I guess, I don't know if I knew because I pay attention or because I'm in the media or what, but I mean, I knew that he wasn't going to say, this is what we're all doing. I knew that. We all knew that, I feel like. And so I, I wasn't surprised. The only thing I was surprised about was that uh, using the countywide data as a metric for it, because that, of course, you know, for me out in the western suburbs, but still in Hennepin County, we're held to a different number, which would like that's the highest you know yeah. risk factor. But you would think that out there we don't you know, we're in a teeny tiny and some school of the system. counties like Anoka, the school district encompasses three counties. Right. And we have one tiny road. <laughs> so it is funny, too. There's a lot of. And, and so anyway, you know, I know that a lot of school districts are still deciding what exactly that they're going to do with hybrid learning. And my stuff. sister got an email two days a week. The kids can go to school. She was like. Hallelujah. Yeah. I get two days. Yep. I can get my life accomplished in two days. Because she's got the kids. She's got little ones, right? She's you, got little kids. Eighth grade. Who yeah. The teen. I feel, I mean, the teens, like. So it's just different all around. And yeah. everybody's got a different thing. And like we've got out in Orno, we've got a different system of, you know, there's like kids are all full time or not full time and they work in pods. You are know? they doing that? Yeah. I think that's really smart. And then high school. This is, I think, really interesting. And just because I'm so excited by the potential for it. And I don't know how the teachers feel yet. I don't know how that all is rolling into this. So just to be clear, but they're doing, they're doing 
uh, alternating weeks, two days on, three days off, three days on, two days off. So it's this sort of varied schedule. And for juniors and seniors, when they're off and doing the distance learning, they're really focusing on, on you know, college prep and t- teaching them how to handle schooling like that, because that really is more like college anyway. That's you know, where fantastic. you have like three three classes, you know, instead of having yeah. seven a day. It's really more. And I thought, why aren't we doing this anyway? You and know, teaching kids literally how to write a paper, how to write. Yeah. Well, is, I mean, yeah, we I mean, they do that anyway. But I mean, the, the idea of like budgeting your time, I think it's interesting that we never you don't do that. Like none of my other kids, you know, they go from doing seven, you know, yeah. classes a day and then boom, they go into this place where they're like, well, no, you only have class two days a week. And it's like, what? So I think in a weird way, they might be more prepared for that. I like that. Yeah. Also, um, it's not going to be a perfect system. No. And if you're a teacher out there, I feel for you. Oh, totally. I have a teacher in my family and she was thrilled when they went to distance learning, but she's also sad because she deals with special needs kids. So that's going to be challenging. There's oh, yeah. populations that are really getting underserved. So none of this is perfect. No. And shout out to my two Janie and Schmitty, who are my two teachers who I love the most and who are just, you know, listeners of the show and fans of ours, but also just, God, they have a lot of, they have a lot to carry coming up. I, was at, I think about that. Stephanie, I was at the grocery store in Ely with my mask on. Yeah. And I was buying groceries and someone came by and said, I, I love Weekly Dish. I just wanted to tell you how much I love Weekly Dish. And talk about like, you know, I know you, it's <laughs> like context. I was like, wait, what? You listen to the show? How yeah. did you even know it was me? I have a mask up to yeah. my eyeballs. That's funny enough how that is so strange. Yeah. And I mean, people like recognize my you still with your mask vacation on. place. So it I just know. was kind of funny. All uh, right. So bars. Yeah. The other big thing that happened this week was the uh, mayoral emergency action that came down, um, which... <laughs> I mean, I have mixed feelings about our mayor, our sweet little mayor. I feel kind of bad for him. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I don't want to have to feel bad for my mayor. But I you want, do. I want to not feel like I have to, like, you know, pet his head. But When I the do... other mayor won't even go on stage with him, the Chicago mayor, I, I, I don't I feel know bad for the guy. Yeah. He was supposed to speak at something, and the Chicago mayor was like, I'm canceling because I don't want to be on the same stage as Mayor Jacob Fry from Minneapolis. Oh, and she's there a Democrat. Things on the stage. So I, well, like a Zoom stage. But I still felt bad for him because I love to be liked. Yeah. So no matter how horrible you are, that someone doesn't like you and publicly says, I don't like you so much, I won't even be in the same Zoom screen yeah, with but you. It feels you're, like, oh. If you're going to be in public office, I feel like you got to get used to that. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to want to be liked. think I'm going to run for something. Yeah, you can't. No. But anyway, so here's what happened the mayor came on uh, and said that due to the rising trends of, you know, of the COVID case counts um, and because it seems to be that there's a lot of, you know, data behind the gathering at, you know, social gathering at bars, he was going to close bars down and he wasn't going to close. He kind of said it like that at first. And then, of course, the Twitter sphere went crazy and people were like, well, that's it. Oh, my God. Bars are closed. (laughs) What are we going to do? You know, and of course, if you waited a few more minutes while they clarified, and now what I think most of us understand, it's the bar top. It is actually just sitting and standing at the bar top. So bars are open. You can still walk in and grab a table and sit down at one. Basically, they just don't want you to be congregating in clusters at the bar. I was so surprised looking back on this trajectory yeah. that this wasn't part of the original opening. Because I would see people sitting at bars shoulder to shoulder with people they don't know. And they weren't wearing masks. Well, I was like, that's so weird. I felt like a lot of the bars, most of the 
most of the bars took into consideration that that six feet apart was supposed to happen at the bar. And so they took out their bar stools and they had people, you know, six feet apart and like stationed here, stationed here, you know. And so then but then people fill in that middle space. Sure. And they walk up and they go chit chat. And it's like everybody's doing their job and running around. They don't have enough time to like go, hey, dudes, you can't be standing there. You have to go back to this or you have to this. Though I will say this. There is a need for, and here's the deal. I get it that it sucks that restaurants have to be the cops right now. And it's so, and it's, it's, it's demoralizing and it's hard for a restaurant industry. And we talked about this last week or the week before, but that they're used to saying yes to everything. That's their, that's like totally ingrained in their hospitality is to give you what you want and, and, and say yes to it all. And they have to switch that. And that's hard for them. Um, But they have to stop. They have to limit people at the door. That That's where that has to start. If you have less people in, you know, then you can't have, you're, you're stopping that flow of overflow. And I think that that is a thing that has to happen. They have to stop people at the door. And I think that's hard for some people. It's happening at Trader Joe's. You know, you drive by the Trader yeah, Joe's and there's the line you outside. Right. And you have to, and then, and this is the thing that we will be trained. Like we, like the public will be trained in that way. If you do that, if you start doing that, like for instance, I didn't know that Trader Joe's was doing that. And I happened to be over there and I was like, oh, I'll just pop in and grab a thing. And then I saw, I was like, oh, they're not letting people in. Oh, there's a huge line. And I was like, okay, well now I know I don't have time to do this now. But now I'll yeah. know. So I left to go somewhere where I could just run in the quick stop. My but. husband and I have had the ongoing like argument of just pick up the phone and call the people. Because he's like, well, I'd love to go there, but I don't think they're open. And I don't know if I can. And, 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 and with COVID, like, just call. Like, you can call. We'll just check on the website. Like, no, you can call. They yeah. don't update their websites. Just call them and ask them. Yeah. A lot of times people can accommodate you. You just need to call. Yeah. And you know what? Just Again, I would say that everybody is trying to figure their new stuff out. Everybody's what happens stuff to? with like the 1029 bar? What do you mean? Well, they have a lot of bar seating right. around the bar, but yeah. very few actual tables. So and they have a patio, so they're just... They can't... Or like Tony Jaro's. Tony Jaro's is closed. Okay. I think that they are not open now, especially because of the fact that, that you can't have people at the bar. So you have to either make a tent in your parking lot... Or you have to put tables okay. in a squinchy area, but that's you know until uh, until it comes down again, that's where we're at. All right. And again, I'm not blaming the government as much as I'm blaming the people who jam the bars. Sorry. What did you call them? Sleaze bars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be, be back. back. Welcome back to the weekly dish. We are here talking about all things restaurant and food related. I want to talk with you a little bit about um, an event I went to that was really sweet, and it was at Iron Shoe Farms. I went last weekend. They have an outdoor um, dinner on the farm type of situation. Yeah. Our friend Scott Pamp, who was the chef, and he he and uh, his uh, sous chef Nikki made galantine, Stephanie, like chicken galantine. So galantine. Yes, did I say galantine? Yeah. I. You know what? Wait, when there's I, something about that. Wait, and I then just I, want to look that up because... It is something, and it also looks like Galantine, which yeah. is Valentine. Um, but you basically take the chicken out, the bones out of the chicken, and then kind no, of that's your right. so, reassemble okay. it. Okay, so it's Galantine is the dish of deboned stuffed meat, right? Yes. So it's poached, served cold, right? And then... That's what we had. Okay, that's what you had. 
And then as soon ooh. as I said it, though, I questioned myself. Well, because I know because then a Ballantine is a deboned thigh or leg part of the chicken. So there's it's really they're <laughs> close. And then stuffed with forced meat and other. So it's kind of the same. Yeah, it's the same idea. It's just a different preparation and dish. He um, so it's it's good. It was really good that. And what I liked about this is so we're not able to do a lot of dining things mm-hmm. unless we are outside and that's patio dining. I felt like this was kind of like going to a special thing. So I would like to encourage people. They're going to be having it. Uh, it's dinner on the farm. Iron Shoe Farms. I'll put a um, link up on our Facebook page. They're going to be having this dinner again through the end of September and they'll get into harvest season. But it felt like there were different wine courses and the meal was a three course meal and there was dessert like people introduced the courses it was all fresh farm produce it just felt really good and then they had the pantry they have a farm pantry and they had that truck open and you could buy stuff so i bought a bunch of um spices from um here here's the deal spice company we bought some pasta uh we bought some pestos we bought some eggs it was just really a fun experience, and it was out in Princeton, so it was about an hour drive. Yeah. And it was lovely. We really had a lovely evening. Great. So if you're looking for something special, because I They have another people, one coming up. A couple. Yeah. So um, check that out, Iron Shoe Farms. And then I also had the opportunity to go to my friend Chaz's house. And Chaz is the ultimate hippie, okay? Like... Literally, he's a professor at uh, Whitman College in Walla Walla. They have a house in Cornucopia, and he's just a massive hippie. So a couple of years ago, he built this giant pizza oven. And, you know, we know people that have built pizza ovens. Like, he literally built the kind of pizza oven you would find in an Italian r- chateau's patio. Like, it's gigantic, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and he spent, you know, a whole summer building it, and there's bricks and the concrete, and... So we decided we were going to do pizza oven. So Kurt is uh, mixing up the dough and I posted some pictures on my Instagram and everyone's like, what is the dough? What is the dough? Friends, pizza dough is so simple. Yeah. It's yeast. It's olive oil. It's salt. It's flour. And then some people will put honey, but some people put a pinch of sugar. You don't even need to do that. You well, if you're doing it from yeast, you should do a little pinch of sugar just to get it going. Depending on how long you want to wait, we didn't even let it rise. Oh, we literally we he usually lets it rise a little bit, but we didn't have time. Yeah, so we mixed it up. He made it into little balls. The key is rolling it really flat. And people were like, "How do you get your dough so flat?" Um, pizza peels help because you roll your dough out. On the um, put the pizza peel underneath it so it's easier to kind of maneuver it into the pizza oven. Yeah. Um, we have a vintage rolling pin, but I don't think you need this because I've used a dowel and I've also used a wine bottle. Yeah. And I mean, do- rolling it out really flat is really about, um, I mean, it's it depends on how much, you know, how big your spread, your dough ball is, and also the springiness of it. Like, will it roll or not? Like, that has to do with the gluten and the, you know, the releasing of the, like, the relaxing of it. And usually with the rise, it's a little bit easier. It's a springier. Yeah, his um his springs back a little bit. but Does he have an actual, like... He, he has a rolling pin. No, but does he have a recipe that is, because it's really about the recipe instead of the pin in terms of how you're going to get yeah. it to roll. You know what I mean? I um I'll tell you what he does. 
It's just your basic pizza dough. Yeah. It just depends on, I think, if you're doing, you know, like flour, if you're doing like a high gluten flour, if you're just doing regular all-purpose flour and how much per... For this recipe, he does a package of yeast. Actually, he does two usually. Honey, a tablespoon of honey, three tablespoons olive oil, four cups flour, two teaspoons salt. Okay. And water. Yeah. Just an all-purpose flour, not like double zero or anything like that. Yep. Just whatever flour anybody has. I mean... Yeah. We use different kinds, but for the most part, it's just white. Usually it's all purpose, Pillsbury right? flour, yeah. yep. Bread flour, I think, too. Sometimes he'll have if he has that on hand. But I think people get really, like, wound up about this whole pizza thing. And he has a, he has a rolling pin that's vintage that has ball bearings in it, which, like, your mom used to have for rolling out pie. He thinks that's a really important piece. But we have rolled out pizza dough with wine bottles, with dowels, with those French pins, you know, or just stretch it, do it with your hands. I mean, you can, you know, you can create that round and then just do that turning where you stretch it, you know, with your hands. If you don't have a, if you don't have a rolling pin, you can pull and, you know, kind of do it that way. Yeah. Like you would, if you worked at uh, Randy's pizza in Oakdale. Yeah. If you wanted to toss it, of course, have all the fun. Um, So you basically then put some cornmeal down Mm -hmm. and some people, you know, freak out about that part, but he likes it because it makes the pizza slide. You must put cornmeal down. Let me be clear on that. Some people use flour. Well, you can use flour, but you must put something between the board and the pizza. There's no chance that you're going to slide that pizza into a burning oven only because I had a pizza oven for 20 years. Do I know this? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. You had a really yeah. good pizza oven too. Yeah. So like this is yeah that you have to have something between the board and the oven. Otherwise, most people will accidentally put too much stuff on their pizza. I would, that was the second okay. thing I was gonna say. I won't, I won't. I won't jump on it. Go ahead. You're better off making lots of pizzas and having lots of different types than jamming all these ingredients onto one piece of pizza. Because really, pizza like I think three ingredients and maybe a fresh herb is tops. Because you just don't want it so laden down with sauce and cheese and ingredients that it just gets kind of mooey and soggy. I would say if you're making your own pizzas at home, I, I would say that the number one thing to avoid is oversaucing. People get very worried about that they don't have enough sauce. And you really, on these kind of pizzas, you really won't notice if you're a little thin on the sauce. And to not let it go over the edge. Yep. Because that's also a problem. We leave about, I think, a quarter inch yeah. to a half inch around the outside Because if you get the board edge. wet, you're in trouble. Because that's going to stop your pizza and it's going to roll over itself and you're going to have the mess. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Um, one kind of pizza that we made that I'd never had before in a home setting that was really, I will do it again, was just olive oil rubbed on the, or um, spread on the crust and then slices of prosciutto and then some mozzarella. And that was it. And it went into the pizza oven and that prosciutto crisped up so nicely. Yeah. And then we threw arugula on the top Mm -hmm. and some salt. And that pizza was my favorite. It was so good. That pr- I don't love prosciutto really normally. Oh, really? I love it. I just, oh my God. I don't know. That was on every it. pizza I ever made. Seriously. I actually like it wrapped around an asparagus spear, but sometimes people serve it with melon and... Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful salty ham. Like, oh. But crisped up on this pizza with that hit of the peppery arugula. Yeah. So and then, then you dollop a little goat cheese on there and I'm in. Okay, that sounds good too. Yeah. Um. So we had a great pizza night. We And pizza, this is why we do it at the cabin a lot because it's great for dribs and drabs, right? If you have a little leftover corn, if you have some jalapeno, we literally just clean out the refrigerator and lay everything on the counter and try to like think of how we're going to assemble it. 
Um, we have pizza pretty much every week, at least once. Um, so I was, um, another pizza that we did, I had these Hungarian peppers and Hungarian peppers are kind of waxy looking and they're not really super flavorful necessarily. I don't even know why I grew them, but they look really good. And I was like, okay, we're just going to throw these on there. And we didn't have, we had pesto. So I did pesto on these Hungarian peppers and that was a good pizza, but just kind of plain and more spare. Yeah. Also, a, a tip is to not throw the um, fresh ingredients, the herbs on until the after the pizza's cooked. Yep. So don't put your basil on before. Don't put, if you're making a Mexican pizza, cilantro's at the end. Um, we've even used, uh, sometimes I'll use parsley if that's all I have, and I'll just throw it on at the end. I always like to have something that's a little bit fresh. Yeah. And think big in terms of sauce. Like olive oil is sauce. Red sauce is sauce. Thai, thai sauce can be sauce. Thai peanut sauce can be sauce. Buffalo Barbecue. chicken. Buffalo sauce. Yep. We used to do a great buffalo chicken pizza with buffalo and then chicken. And then we'd throw that, you know, a little bit of cheese, but then the, you know, the cilantro on at the end. And barbecue sauce can be sauce. Fresh mozzarella cheese you can use. We even used, um, they had a bunch of Gruyere. So we used that, shredded it up for a pizza. That one was pretty there good isn't with some caramelized any cheese onions. you can't use. <laughs> no. But you get all weird when you like, we're going to buy pizza ingredients. Like, oh, just kind of let your imagination go. Yep. You get some of the best combinations that way. Well, we used to do when we had these huge pizza parties was we would say everybody bring one ingredient that you think is oh, that's interesting. So we would have, you know, I would always have like the basics. I'd make I'd make two sauces and then I would always have, you know, kind of like I would do a spicy tomato and a regular tomato. And then I would, you know, do all the and sometimes a white sauce or like that kind of thing. And then we would do, um, and then it was always like, okay, here's, here are the three basic things or the four basic things we have. You guys bring, you know, and people would come with like charred corn Yum. or they do like eggplant, you know, Delicious. like, and that's all good on there. I've had great eggplant pizzas. Yeah. And like, so it's fun that they could bring stuff from their fridge and sometimes they'd be like, well, I have this steak left over and we don't know what to do with it. So then we'd throw blue cheese and arugula and tomatoes and steak. I used mustard greens and chard yeah. and I just yeah. threw some bacon with There's it. There's nothing and... that can't go on a pizza basically. Yeah, totally. So for all those people that were like, what is the recipe? How do we do this? Here's also, if you're using a pizza oven, I was gonna say, get it as hot as you can. If you're using your grill, get it as hot as you can. Yeah. And in fact, Kurt will put a tinfoil in the back seam so that that heat stays inside the grill while he's heating it is up. Is he cooking the pizza dough right on? He's putting the, it the, on a stone. So, okay. Because that's the difference that's that you have to remember up. that. Yep. And then also if he does it in the oven, which is not his preference, but he has... He'll have a stone in the oven, too. Yeah, and I would tell you that also, if you want to do something really fun, the pan pizzas that come out of those cast irons being on your stove, drop it, you know, heat it up, drop it in, like have it preformed. Yeah, you drop made it in. some really good ones of those. Oh, my God, those are what so are those? What are those called, Detroit style or just pan pizzas? Detroit is square, so okay. that's a whole different thing. But that's like that's like a very big puffy dough. But, yeah, just there's a – actually, I, I had a pan pizza recipe for the, earlier this summer. Up. I think I remember that. Yeah, I'll it look good. it up. I'll repost it since we're talking about it. All right, so there you go. Just okay. a little bit of pizza chat. Yeah. Um, you, did you go to a good pizza farm before we break? We're going to talk about that on okay. top two. Awesome. We'll be right back. They called me weak. All right, it is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. If you want to ask us your questions live on the air, we'll take you. 651-641-1071. We have Val on the line. Hi, Val. How you doing today? Listen, man, I just got done working out. I am ready for pizza. Woo! Yum. <laughs> nice. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was listening. Agree with everything you guys were saying about the pizza. However, if you want 
a heftier crust or or one that's going to hold up to the toppings, I would say definitely par-bake the crust ahead of time. Okay. That's a good idea. Like, like you can make a bigger crust. Like, my, my family, we like to kind of go all out with the toppings. And, you know, a lot of times it's not conducive no. <laughs> to a good crust. But if you par-bake it for, like, you know, five to ten minutes ahead of time, it's going to hold up to those toppings a lot better. Okay. Yeah, and also if you're doing like a pan pizza or something like that, I mean, mostly those wood-fired ones that you have to kind of lift and turn and lift yeah, and turn. I don't know how you those could are harder, but those that. other kinds, you're right, they can easily hold up. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, thank you, Val. Appreciate you calling mm-hmm. in. Uh, we did have a caller too that couldn't hold on the line, but she was curious about gr- gluten-free pizza dough. And we will post on our Facebook page. Our friend Zoe Francois has the artisan bread in five gluten-free pizza dough recipe. That's fantastic. Yeah. So if that's your jam, we'll get that posted. Um, okay. Any other questions? 651-641-1071. We've got some questions that have come in here. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Stephanie. I went to the Belcour Bakery located in the Cooks of Crocus Hill space in the North Loop. Wanted to let you know it was a great experience, well-spaced, everyone was wearing masks, the staff was super friendly, and she just polished off an almond croissant. Yum. That Good. sounds really yum. That's nice. Um, okay, here's a question from Connie that has come in. She said, I enjoy your show very much. I won't be able to listen this weekend, but I will get it on the replay. I have a question. I'm looking for a higher-end restaurant in Minneapolis that has patio seating for an important business dinner. We've previously used Grand Cafe, Restaurant Alma, Cafe Lurcotte, and Sea Change prior to COVID. Could you recommend a couple of choices? So this is higher end, outside dining, Minneapolis. Um, well, Connie, I will tell you that uh, there is, Grand Cafe is opening Friday night patio dinners. Oh, so you, it's they're only Friday nights. I don't know if that works for you. That's great. You know what I mean for this person. Um, but uh, I mean, beautiful, you know, wonderful stuff. Um, I don't know if you want to think about doing the uh, at Travail. You can do the cantina in the rooftop, which is sort of, you know, it's elevated dining. I wouldn't call it, you know, it's a high end experience yep. for sure. That was lovely. And that's, you know, that's kind of Minneapolis still. It's Robinson. What about Manello? They've got that beautiful patio outside of the, the Hotel Ivy. Yeah, that's a good that one too. Good. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, St. Genevieve is doing patio stuff too. And I think I they've also place. got some indoor things happening if you need it. But they do definitely have a few tables out there to find. Yeah, it's going to be the difference will be just finding your space, you know, and, and figuring out what the timing is like, like yeah. what days. I think Lercotte is open. They just opened, they just did dining and stuff reopening now. Oh, good. Like yesterday, I think. So. They're up for I'm that so again. glad that they're back open. Yeah. I really, I have a lot of fun feelings about that place. Yeah. Okay. Here's another question that came in from Dawn. Dawn, Dawn, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Dawn. Hi, Stephanie's. I have a coworker who I would like to send a gift to for helping me this summer. I started work on 316 and then we started staying home on 317. Oh, God. I feel weird asking her for her address since I've only seen her in person once, but I'd like to order and send her a gift card by email for food or booze. She lives near Lake Nokomis. I only know the western suburbs. Any thought, I, thoughts? I can't wait to listen tomorrow morning while walking the dog. Hi, Dawn. Oh, Hope you're nice. having a good walk. Um, I, I, I hate to just kind of say it again, but I would say uh, a friend of mine just recently 
sent me a note saying they received the Grand Cafe, you know, meal kit as a gift and how wonderful it was and what a great experience it was to be given, you know, sent like a meal kit that has also, you know, a little painting thing and some flowers yeah, and it's all expensive, that kind of stuff. But it's fantastic. Right. But they also are doing a la carte now. So you can pick and choose like a couple little things. You could do like a $55 Croque Monsieur kit or something Yum. like that. So there's that's one thing. The other thing is I would say, Signing them up for something like the cheese box that you can get from France 44, you know, that you that comes also with, you know, access to a cheese social happy hour on Zoom. That's kind of fun. That's I a like fun um, there's a cute little restaurant that just opened up that's near. It's not it's in St. Paul, but it's kind of across the, the bridge, the Ford Bridge. So it's closer to Nicomas. Due Focaccia. I think that Focaccia. would be a, a good place. They've got a beautiful outdoor patio 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 yeah <laughs> and um i just think that would be kind of a fun casual type spot also estelle is back open and they are doing um outdoor dining and i also think Hyacinth, is this for a gift though she's looking for a gift yeah that she wants a gift that's an email that oh. she can email versus asking her for her address because she's weirded out about the address oh i see okay i missed that part um, so Order hopefully and send her a gift card. Sorry, I missed that. Yes. So hopefully, Dawn, we gave you a couple of good suggestions. Good. There's so many good gift cards out there. Well, I mean, you know, and that's the thing is like supporting these restaurants is really helpful. Um, and she could just send her like a gift card to um, what's my favorite place that has the fried chicken that is uh, Doug Flicker and his wife, Amy. Bullshorn. Thank you. Totally mm-hmm. drawing a blank. Bullshorn yeah. would be also really an excellent fun yeah. gift to get for yeah. a coworker. 651-641-1071 if you guys want to give us a call. Um I do think that there's something to say about um you know continuing this idea of like of getting gift cards so that people can, you know, support restaurants and then also get takeout if they want it because I know a lot of people are, you know, they can't they're still very uncomfortable about going inside restaurants and now they're feeling like I have to fight for the patio thing and so that's harder too. So getting them the gift cards is a nice way for them to like kind of play that out. Has anyone asked you, they've asked me this question of when is it okay to use the gift cards? We don't want to unduly tax the restaurants. I think it's time. I mean, you can use your gift cards, can't you? If you yeah, bought them. Use your gift cards. Give them. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe I don't do know. Take out instead of in-person dining because yeah. it would maybe take up less seating, but use your gift cards. Yeah. Use them. And then, well, and also because by the end of the year, there's a whole thing where they have to track them as sales. So it's better and they don't, it's better than to not have a whole bunch of things out there yeah, that they don't they know. Write it off yeah. But the the you know, for sure use them and, and like sometimes just maybe use part of it, you know, and then give them the rest. So I think that's always oh, like, that's if nice. you have a $50 gift card and your, and your gift card total, your takeout total comes to 30 bucks, just say, there you go. Take the oh, rest. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Great. Because that sort of lets them have a pass on it. All right, we will be back with the great second hour. When we come back, you're listening to the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1.